Um, and if any of you were watching the uh, webcast and uh, saw me right before the show, I thought it would be cute because Pagoda was kind of milling about my feet. I thought it would be cute if I tried to hold Pagoda up for the camera for all of you to see her. And so I did that. But if you were watching, you also saw how truly terrified I am of picking her up because I feel like she will claw my eyes out. I've talked about this a lot with uh, regards to the litter quitter situation, how I, I, if I'm trying to forcefully take Pagoda and make her use the litter quitter, I have to get Vanessa to pick her up because I have this deep uh, seated phobia of a cat scratching my eyes out, going crazy. I mean, just doing that cat thing. Maybe it's because I watched uh, too many uh, Heathcliff cartoons and read too many Heathcliff comics when I was a kid. And he was always fighting with the dog. Remember there was that kind of cloud of dust. Um, and he would always, he would always, I think, whip the dog if memory serves. I just, I'm a little, I'm a little scared and I'm embarrassed that all of you watching the webcast were able to see my, how timid I am about these things. Anyway, I've got Pagoda here. So that's, uh, that's all the company that I need. Board the Little Red Bandwagon, your podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. Every Monday we recap the previous week's TBTL, but this is a Friday clip show where we take a deeper dive into a topic in TBTL history. And joining me tonight to do this from the Necco Wafer Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Anne. I miss you. I miss you too. <laughs> I haven't seen you in like, what, a week? I know. I had my own room at your house and my own bathroom. <laughs> and I am well aware of the fact that I have two Diet Cokes in the fridge that I don't get to drink. <laughs> They're calling your name. And would we decide they expire in January? So you have to come back. Yes. We don't want to waste. You wouldn't <laughs> think that Diet Coke expires, but it does. It starts to taste really funky. You drank some expired Diet Coke at my work. Mm-hmm. And you said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> After one drink, so. Uh, not the first time I drank expired Diet Coke. <laughs> I am well familiar with it. <laughs> well, also what I've noticed, which is a really weird thing, is if it sits, it starts to um, evaporate out of the can. I don't know where it goes. Mm -hmm. Probably that's what's causing global warming. Probably. Um, but... Uh, when we moved, we had a bunch of this Coke Zero, like moved buildings for work. And when I was putting them away, half the cans were empty. But there was no hole or and there was no leakage anywhere. It was so weird. Mm, sounds like one of those murder mystery brain teaser things. Yes. <laughs> They're in the locked room, locked right. from the inside in the puddle of water as the dead body or whatever. Exactly. What happened to the Coke Zero in the can? <laughs> Well, we'll do a show all about soda or pop or Coke or whatever someday if we come yes. up with enough material. But I bet we could. For tonight, our plan, as always, is to start with some general discussion on our topic. We'll play and discuss some TV tale clips. We'll clean our house and share how you, the listeners, can get involved with the show. 
So, Christy, I feel like we've been kind of remiss on the clip shows because we have not covered one of the most important elements of the TBTL universe, and that's the pet. For all the pet talk we hear, and we hear a lot on TBTL these days about Rudy, the dog, and I guess to a lesser extent, the cats, Olive and Theodore Murray and Professor Bananas, but... Newer listeners to the show may not even know about the previous generation of TVTL pets. So I thought that it's time to get them into the mix. And you had a hard time because this could have been a five-hour show if we included all the pets. It, it could have. When I did a first pass through the archive, I found 30 potential clips that I could easily have included without even doing the current pets. And so so I was like, oh, God, how are we going to do this? So we decided to split this up a little bit. Um, I think that Jen's dog, Mr. Knightley, deserves his own show. Oh, for sure. Yes. So this week, we're going to revisit Pagoda and Momo, who were Luke's pets with an asterisk next to them. They were sort of Luke's pets. (laughs) So I want to acknowledge before we get into this. There is more poop talk that I'm comfortable with <laughs> in these Let's clips. get all the poop talk out of the way <laughs> on this episode, and then there probably won't be much. I would not make a bet on that. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing about the poop talk is that it's it's like it's a central aspect of Luke's relationship with both these pets. And frankly, it makes the best stories. So there's nothing to be done. We just have to go for it. And I will hold my nose and be a grown up about it. And we'll just talk about poop for a while. <laughs> but before we get into the clips, I want to get a quick pet history for us. Now, I am very familiar with the original pod dog, Brody, my little stinky butt friend, who was very, (laughs) very sweet. But I don't know anything about your pets before him. Oh, um, you want all of them? There's not many. We lived in apartments and moved quite a bit, so we didn't really have many pets uh, so let's see. I think we were terrible pet owners too because we had a hamster and it tried to it escaped all the time and tried to eat its way out of the house. Mm. So maybe we were really bad or just rodents shouldn't be pets. They're nasty. Um, my first dog was when I was two years old. Its name was Coco. It was a Pomeranian. It got out of the house. I chased after it and we both were running into traffic and my mom chose to save my life and not the dogs. Oh, uh, because, and he got hit by a car and died. Oh no. Uh, so, But still, I think your mom made the right choice there. You know, for sure. For sure. Um, so that there was that. And then nothing. We had a dog named Pud for a little bit and a cat named Gray. I honestly don't know where they went. I think we were rescue. We rescued them or were watching them for my mom's friends. We had them for about a month. No idea where those cat, that cat and dog pair went. Disappeared. And then, yeah, just disappeared. Went to the farm. We had a, another Pomeranian named Bandit that, um, had, had been abused because it was a show dog and, 
it esophagus was collapsed, Aww. so it sounded like this <laughs> every time when it when it breathes. <laughs> that shouldn't make me laugh, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> and we had the we lived in an apartment that had like a mirror wall, which is terrible. Like, why was that a thing? It was built in the seventies, and it would constantly pee on itself. Like it would come up to the mirror and think it was another dog and growl and then pee. So that was awesome. And we got rid of that dog. It went to someone else who saved Pomeranian, like had a refuge for Pomeranians. Mm-hmm. And then no pets for a long time. And then when we finally got our first house when I was in 10th grade, my a crazy aunt had left a litter of kittens at my grandma's house and they were just dying like because she took the mother and the dad of those that cat and then um (laughs) so my mom saved two of the kittens and those became our beloved cats um daisy the milk cow and a chew like a sneeze spelled Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. and we had those cats forever like i think daisy finally died when she was 20 of old age and then a chew was brutally murdered my mom said it was first degree murder because it was planned by raccoons um (gasps) when he was about 10 oh no yeah so i didn't have any pets for a long time and then when i got my own first apartment after i was divorced i got a dog and its name was brody christy your pet stories are terrible right we had some fish one fish kept trying to commit suicide but um yeah not not many pets like it was something that we always wanted but it was always like oh we live in an apartment we have to move it we just couldn't couldn't do it right and now I want a new dog do you have any uh concrete plans for that yet or are you still in the thinking stage we're not home enough it would be really mean like when I first got Brody and he was a baby I had to have he went to a dog daycare every day um Mm -hmm. and that's really expensive (laughs) yeah so puppies are like babies they constantly need stuff they have to go out all the time so I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to to do that right now but I really really want one okay how about you well, it's well established that I'm not really a pet person, per se, mm-hmm. and my parents really weren't pet people either, although my mom had tons of them growing up, somewhere along the line that that fell away. So we had, uh, my first pet was when I was five, and we got a fish tank, and I got to pick out my own fish, who was a shark fish, not actually a shark, but there's... I think they might call them freshwater sharks, but they're not really even mm. sharks at all. They're just little bitty fish tank fish that sort of have fins like sharks, I think. But I was very excited to have a shark fish. What was its name? Alexander Pac-Man Jr., which nice. I still think is an excellent name. <laughs> it is a great name. Yep. And I don't know what happened to him, like <laughs> some of your animals, because we moved to London for the second time and obviously the fish didn't go with us so um he was probably flushed and I'd like to think that he's still alive and swimming around in the Minneapolis sewer system three feet long (laughs) eating rats and stuff (laughs) I hope he went on to a good life uh then we had a, a long series of hamsters 
like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hamsters. Oh, wow. Did yours try to get out? Uh, yes, I had my very first hamster escaped three times, and the third time he chewed a hole, like, I don't know, like the size of a tennis ball in the brand new orange shag carpeting in the basement. <laughs> because it was 1982. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and my mother told me that if it escaped again, she was going to flush it. No, no, no. You don't flush it, <laughs> hamster. I have... No doubt that she was bluffing. I'm sure she would not have flushed the hamster, but she wanted to put the fear of God into me and she succeeded. I think a couple of those hamsters were short because uh, they had to go back to the pet store because they were biters. Uh, And one I had to give away when we moved from England to Switzerland because you have there's a quarantine process for animals going between countries and my parents were like no we're not quarantining a hamster so I had to find a new home for her and that was too bad because she was the most placid lovely hamster ever I used to make her do circus tricks on my bed and by circus tricks I mean I had a little piece of string that I would hold about half an inch off the quilt and I would try and make her walk on it unsuccessfully (laughs) And I had like a a bracelet, like an old bangle of my mother's, and I wanted to make her jump through a hoop. Like lions did, which (laughs) mostly meant that I kind of dragged the hoop around her body. But she was so placid and lovely. She uh, evidenced absolutely no displeasure at any of this stuff. Never tried to run, never tried to escape any of that stuff. That was great. And then my brother had a turtle for a while that used to... (laughs) escape from its little bowl every night until we got to the point where we just put the bowl in the bathtub and it climbed into the bathtub every night and eventually we released him I think he was just getting too big and that is the sum total of all the pets I've ever had I feel like you just really really wanted a dog that you could train to do tricks (laughs) I really really did not want a dog both my (laughs) brothers um got dogs have dogs currently Mm -hmm. so that seemed to be something that they were missing but I just never have felt the need since I've been on my own I really think it's a maintenance issue I I think that I don't want to deal with poop and Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with vets and I don't want to deal with stinkiness and I don't know what else I don't want to deal with barf or anything else that dogs or cats might do (laughs) or hair so I I am perfectly happy to just go visit my brothers and their dogs every once in a while. Which is not to say that I'm anti-dog. I think I've said that here before. Um, I have a note that we should talk about whether we're dog or cat people. Okay. And I, I would have to say, if, if I am forced to choose, you must choose, I would say cats. Really? But I don't really feel strongly about it one way or another. I don't hate dogs. I don't hate cats. I just... I don't feel the need to have one. I'll pet a puppy or scratch a kitty's ears or something. I used to babysit for these people that had three cats. They had a black one, a white one, and a gray one, which was kind of cool. And the white one was such an attention seeker that 
it would be in the evening and the kids would have gone to bed. And so I'm sitting in the living room and I'm trying to read my novel and this Mm -hmm. white cat would come and climb up on my lap and be like, pet me, pet me, pet me. And I'm totally fine to pet the cat for two or three minutes. And then I'm like, okay, now I want to be done with this. And the cat was like, no, more, more. more. I just, I don't have the capacity to love all over animals for an extended period of time. I want to say hello and be friendly and then be done. But you're kind of like that with people too. Well, that is an excellent point. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. (laughs) I mean, it's not like a character flaw, but just... I don't want anybody to think that I dislike animals in any way, because mm-hmm. Mike has famously said that anybody who doesn't like animals must be a terrible person. Well, and we've gotten letters that we are cat haters before, which well, is definitely not true. Well, that's that's crazy talk is what yeah. that is. <laughs> I have nothing against animals of, of any sort. I just I, I'm not a big squishy fool over them like mm. some other people on our podcast are. That's yeah. all. <laughs> So you you would be a dog person. I'm definitely a dog person. Um, I don't hate cats. Uh, if I were to have one, it would have to be an outdoor. Save your letters. I know my cat was brutally murdered because it was an outdoor cat. I get it. But I'm not cleaning litter boxes. <laughs> um Cats are, so here's my thing with cats, and I don't know if I've gone off about this. I know I've said this thing multiple times, and I don't remember which podcast it was, or if it's just in my real life, but um, people always say, oh, this cat's different. It's just like a dog. Well, then you're saying that (laughs) cats aren't great, but this one's good because it acts. Yeah. (laughs) And that just means that it's nice. It pays attention to you. It wants it wants to be pet and it doesn't scratch your eyes out when you do it. That's the thing is that I I like my furniture. Mm. I spent a lot of money on it. I don't want it destroyed. Um, but I also think that it's super terrible to mutilate cats and have them declawed. So I and also I'm highly allergic to oh. cats and some dogs. So <laughs> I know like I've had a cat, and so what happens is you just get used to it after a while, but mm-hmm. I just can't. It's yeah. it's just too much. So um, other people can have cats, and I'll pet it and think it's cute, and my eyes will swell up, but I'm definitely more of a dog person. <laughs> I, I did have a friend that had a cat that I cat sit for once for a week. I don't know. And... I I am not the kind of person who's going to go hang out with the cat, but I went over, you know, in the morning, in the evening and fed it and made sure that it was okay and everything. And that cat really was like a dog. Like mm-hmm. I would open the door and it would come running to meet me and then it would go pew, 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 pew. And it would kind of wind its way Aww. through my legs, just like play with me, play with me, pet me, pet me. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. You really yeah, so are super needy and liked people. Yeah. Yeah, so when the cats are nice, they're just like dogs. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> and when dogs are shitty, people go, just like a cat, just yep. like a cat. <laughs> yep. You should not have to justify your cat by saying, but it's like a dog. It's like a dog. You, know, you would love it. <laughs> it even fetches. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, 
Let's talk about some problematic TVTL animals, shall we? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Uh, as always, I would like to thank the archivists who uh, archived these episodes that I could so easily find the pet references. I want to thank Allison Thompson, uh, Dana Steele, Nancy Schaefer, Patricia Lopez, Phyllis Fletcher, what? And Dr. Rob Liao. Oh, and Jeff Anderson. I got a lot of clips this time, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> I had to package some of them together in bundles just so that we wouldn't be it's constantly going in and out of clips. But so a lot of people worked hard to bring this episode. Thank you very much, guys. Let's start with the saga of the litter quitter. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> I had four clips about the litter quitter, Christy. We could have done an entire show For about sure. the litter quitter. That I remember this saga stretched on. I think that it was a couple months that he was trying to keep this going. And then he got rid of it at one point and was trying to give it away. Remember that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wait, he did give it away. I it feel was like, like a listener prize. Yes. <laughs> I remember seeing it. I was it at the um the listener party in his basement? Oh, I have no idea. Cuz I I was at whatever live event that he gave that away. Cuz I remember <laughs> seeing it and everyone kind of crowding around and saying, "Oh, well, let's oh, see it." <laughs> who would ever want a used cat poop training thing? <laughs> Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get into the clip. This is um, Vanessa is on the phone from Los Angeles. And Luke is very excited in this clip to tell her about this new training tool he's found for Pagoda the cat. Uh, Speaking of speaking of the cat, this is the first thing that I am so excited about here during Awesome Not Awesome. It's a major awesome. It's something that I That's hilarious when I play that and you're on the phone line, baby, because that, of course, is you. Um, This is what I'm so excited to tell you about. I was uh, on the plane yesterday and I didn't have anything good to read. And I ended up reading Sky Mall and I saw an I saw an ad for something. I'm intrigued already. I love it already. I saw an ad for something, darling, that is going to absolutely change our life. Okay. The Litter Quitter is a complete system to train your cat to use a human toilet. The system was perfected by vets, cat breeders and animal behaviorists and comprises a special white seat that fits all standard toilets and three color-coded training discs. We use these discs to train your cat in three easy stages to use the human toilet. Okay, first of all, obviously this lady knows what she's talking about. Because she's from Australia. Behavior. They will learn right. The she has an accent. So already we know she will Yes. So, that your cat so it's called the litter quitter. And it's a... The ser- litter quitter. The litter quitter. It's a series of bizarro toilet seats that you put on your toilet and you fill them with kitty litter. Mm-hmm. And they get wider. So the first one is just basically like a... F- it's It's... It's like a, a, a toilet-shaped disc that you put kitty litter in. And so she gets used to just using the toilet like her kitty, like, like her litter box. And then when, uh, then after a couple of weeks of that, you put this new one in that is a ring. So it's mostly kitty litter, but there's a little hole in the middle. 
And then uh-huh. a few weeks after that, you put in another one that has a really big hole in the middle and just a little bit of kitty litter around the outside. And then they get used to pooping through that hole. And then eventually you get rid of it all together and they just start using the toilet. Do, do they know? Do they learn how to flush the toilet? Who does that? No, no. That's I think that's still on. on unless they're Jinxie the cat from uh, Meet the Fox. I was just gonna say, yeah. As Robert De Niro would say, they do not have opposable thumbs. So no. <laughs> um, baby, how awesome is this? It's fifty nine dollars. I mean, can you think that? That's we spend that on kitty litter in two months. We can't afford not to toilet train her. <laughs> can't afford not to do it well baby i'm i'm just gonna say to you if you would like to be in charge of project toilet then i wholeheartedly encourage you to do so okay you have to go on the website you have to go to tbtl.net and watch this video where it has a bunch of videos wait, wait let me ask you this what does she have to hang on to when eventually there is no you know, like, they I feel do, like if there's a disc, no, at no, least no. she sits on the disc. No, 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 no. They straddle. This is why you have to watch the video. <laughs> people have submitted their oh. own. People, people have submitted videos of their cats now <laughs> using the toilet. And I'm not going to tell you that it's You're going to get pink eye. <laughs> I'm going to get pink eye? What? Yes. When I was little, it was like it had never been mixed. Tecate la gata. First of all, tecate la gata. And then secondly... They used to say that the way you would get pink eye is if you either watched a dog or a cat pooping. What? Wow. If you saw a dog or a cat actually poop, that would give you pink eye. So I'm just warning you that you have a lifetime of pink eye ahead of you by watching these this videos. This is what you were taught as a child, that watching <laughs> an animal, from afar, watching an animal uh, go to the bathroom would give you pink eye. Are you sure you didn't confuse yes. it with rubbing the poop on your eyeball? <laughs> No, just watching an animal. Everybody knows it. Everyone knows it. Did you ever get pink eye as a child? Uh, I don't think that I did, but I would. I would be. I was very disciplined about looking away. <laughs> you knew to avert your gaze. Exactly. Well, I I think that this is going to be an amazing because one of I mean the the video for litter quitter is is exactly right. The most annoying thing about being a cat owner, well, I would say the most annoying thing is the cat is trying to make sweet love to you while you're doing your radio show. That's thing number one. But number two, and a close second, is the kitty litter situation. And if you could train the cat to just use the toilet, uh, you would save yourself a lot of hassle. So what I thought, sweetie, is we can set up a video camera. We could just, like, use the, the chamber bathroom and just basically, like, like, you know, mark that one out of service for the next three months and just make it the official pagoda uh, a, a bathroom training, toilet training center. Well, you realize this sounds totally crazy. What are you talking about? It sounds cuckoo. You're really going to order this thing out of Skyfall magazine yes. that an Australian lady told you to buy. Yes. And then you're going to train our cat to use the toilet. You know, here's what I think. I have taken so many things away from Pagoda. Like, she can't have babies. She'll never experience the joys of kitty motherhood. (laughs) And, you know, she rarely goes outside. She's, like, terrified of the outdoor world because I had her be an inside cat because I'm afraid of her getting kitty AIDS. (laughs) So now we want to take away, like, like, a regular cat 
You're breaking up. You're breaking up, sweetie. Oh, shit. Now okay. you're back. Now you're Let me back. go back. Okay. Um, I'm up in the hills. Okay, I'll come back down. You're up in the Hollywood um, Hills? No, I'm up in the Silver Lake Hills. Oh. <laughs> Driving around. Tough life on you the lead. Phone. Tough life you lead down there. Um, so, uh, uh, but what about this, though? What if she actually secretly would, what if she secretly hates the litter box? Think about what the litter box means. You're a cat. You're crawling around in your own, in your own leavens. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, like it smells funky and you have to pee in a box that you then have to root around in. That sounds really unfun. Yeah, but she's not gripping on, you know, for dear life. Pagoda, come here. What do you think? You know what I mean? What do you think? Well, I, I think that she might have a secret dream to use a human toilet. And if, if, she successfully, <laughs> if she successfully scales that mountain, I think the next step is to get her a, a small tuxedo. <laughs> That she wears well, a top hat. She already kind of has a tuxedo, but like a, a, a um, human tuxedo, and then maybe a monocle. You know, this is going to turn into you being in the bathroom and the cat being like, "You done yet?" You yeah. know, it's going to be just an annoyance. <laughs> the cat's going to. I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, the cat's going to be shaving, right, <laughs> with a you? cigar in its mouth. Somebody's in here. <laughs> they turn into the gas house bombers from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. That's what happens when you potty train cats. All right, so. This is entirely Luke's problem, right? Because he's too lazy to clean the cat box. Yeah, and I'm confused at the timing of this. Was Vanessa visiting Los Angeles or Mm. was she still living? Oh, no, she must have because she moved while they're still on the radio. Okay, so I'm not confused anymore Um, because I think it would have been pretty crappy for her to move her cat there. (laughs) <laughs> and then just be like, oh, I also live in a different city. And then expect him to actually take care of it. <laughs> right. Well, especially when we've established that he is so afraid of cats. He's afraid of it. It hates him. <laughs> and he's too lazy to actually <laughs> clean the litter box. Which, you know what? I get it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things that just because it's gross... It doesn't mean you can avoid it. It's something that it's got to happen. It's got to happen. The worst is when you walk into someone's house and you can say, oh, there's a cat. Mm-hmm. Someone yep. here has a cat. It's so bad. There's nothing worse it's, than a cat. It's not a given, though. Like, I've never been to Meredith's house, but I will bet you $100 if we went to Meredith's and walked in the door right now, there would be no litter box smell. For sure. Meredith is on top of that stuff. Yeah. And same with Andrew. You would not smell litter box ever no no especially now that they have like three floors <laughs> they can get the right. litter box because he talks away. about regularly taking all of the litter out and like cleaning that box that i bet most people don't do that you should but i mm-hmm. bet that most people don't go to mm-hmm. that extent mm-hmm. so he's not gonna have that smell and he's hyper aware of it right yes um did you know that um, Australian people are experts on everything? I mean, if you think about it, if you have an accent, you sound smarter. Especially if it's a British accent. <laughs> I mean, I might dispute that, but okay. The, uh, I have a story about Jeremy has a woman at work that is has a British accent. Uh-huh. And whenever customers are escalating beyond control... He will put her on the phone and she can de-escalate anyone from her accent. <laughs> That's because Americans are dumb. Right. I'm, I'm not saying they're smarter. <laughs> Americans are just dumber. 
So I meant to do a little Googling about the litter quitter. I wasn't going to do it at work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I never got around to it. Is $59, does that seem reasonable? Well, I mean, if it actually makes it so you don't ever have to scoop litter again, I mean, yes. Uh Like he said, they spend $59 every couple months. Oh, Christy, I've just realized a mistake that I made. As I've been writing it down, I spelled quitter the normal way, but it's actually the litter K-W-I-T-T-E-R. Oh, no. I w- Wait. Oh, no. Is, is it because they want it to look like litter or, or well, it was look like quitter it already that. taken? <laughs> no, I think it's because we're going to be very fancy here. I'm just going to paste the link right into the... There. Now you can look at it on Amazon. If people want to buy this, you should use our <laughs> link to buy the litter quitter. And I expect to see at least one. Price forty nine forty seven, and free shipping. Oh, it's gone down. It's gone yeah. down. Well, did you see this one called City Kitty? Oh. From, as seen on Shark Tank. <laughs> see, now City Kitty gets a little bit hard to say. And because of the nature of what it is, it seems like it could be a little scary. Mm-hmm. Boy, that cat is sitting on the toilet bowl just remarkably Doesn't easily. It's like it's so, sitting on air. The problem with this litter quitter. So I've seen this in action. I have friends that actually trained their cat to go to the bathroom. Oh, really? It was super weird. And it was before the litter quitter. So they had this series of bowls and they would, it was like a metal bowl and they would cut a bigger hole in it. So basically the same thing as the litter quitter. Um, It's super weird. Cats don't like water. So the whole thing is against their nature anyways. But to see a cat standing on a toilet doing its business is surreal um, they aren't clean. They don't care if they get poop or pee on the seat. It's Mm-mm. gross. They can't flush, as Sean asked. <laughs> um, and the whole process took a really long time. I would say it finally was fully trained after a year. Uh, but it got to be where it was like a bowl with a hole with some litter in it. And then you'd have to like pick it up. When you had to go, when a real human had to go to the bathroom, you'd have to like pick the bowl up, put it on the ground, go to the bathroom, put it all back. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing this in a one bathroom house. Oh, no. No. No No no. way. (laughs) The best part of this clip was Sean. Of course. Sean's impression of the, first of all, asking if it could flush. Um, Secondly, just his impression of the cat once it goes to the bathroom. <laughs> and I wonder if they made... Oh, no, because they said it was downstairs with the litter box, right? So um, I would say, I wonder if they would put it into the chamber. Yes, that's what he said. Oh, it was in the chamber bathroom? Okay. Yep. Now, I have a couple of questions about things Vanessa said. Okay. Number one... She wants to leave Pagoda some sense of dignity. Like she's worried. <laughs> yes. That it's going to take it away her dignity. Like she took away her ability to have kittens and to go mm-hmm. outside. 
Yes. Um, are we worried about Pagoda's dignity? No. No. That cat didn't long to have babies. Maybe she longed to go outside. I don't know. Yeah. But... Cats do want to go outside. That's mm-hmm. in their nature. But I think it's a little bit disingenuous to object to this on the grounds of dignity, which Luke, yeah. you can tell that Luke wasn't really into that idea. Yeah. I thought at first she was joking, but maybe she wasn't. I. She could have been joking. I don't know. I don't think so. He didn't laugh. So then I would say that that's a clue that she was, he knew she wasn't. No. But as a joke premise, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing she talked about was this um, pink eye. How if you watch a dog or a cat uh, poop, you'll get pink eye. Now that was a joke, right? No, I I think she knows that it isn't that, but that she was told that as a kid. That sounds like something that kids would say. Okay. They would take the real thing of it as poop eye and mm-hmm. change it to be if you see poop. <laughs> okay, because that was weird. Yeah. I don't think she actually believes that. I hope not. Well, so what did you think that the um, chances of success were for this? Zero. Mm-hmm. Well, even at the time, Pagoda seemed to have anxiety issues or something. There was something going on with that cat mm-hmm. that um, I think the reason that my friend's cat worked is that they started it when it was a baby. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the backstory of Pagoda. Was it a rescue? I don't know. It was always just introduced as Vanessa's cat. Yeah. So it was pretty old. I mean, it was old for that. Because yeah. it was a fro- f- full grown cat when we met Pagoda. Mm-hmm. Um. Luke's full of ideas, but he's not super into doing the work of this yeah. stuff, which really is Luke's MO for for everything in life. He's an ideas man. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to his next great idea? Yes. A related <laughs> idea. Yeah. This next clip is from August 26, 2010. Um, he has given given up on the litter quitter and has a new contraption. First, though, we've got to get to uh, the serious business of the day. Kittens! Inspired by kittens! The uh, saga of uh, me versus the litter box. Me versus the um, waste elimination process uh, that our cat Pagoda goes through every day uh, is, uh, well, it's, it's become a battle of wills people i'm i'm not uh, i'm not happy to report to you that uh as you heard on the show yesterday my whole my unhappiness about the the litter box situation it reached a real kind of uh it reached a boiling point over the weekend because what basically happens is uh we always mean to keep more on top of the litter box situation but we never quite do and so the basement smells a little funky it's embarrassing we have people come over like brendan kiley's here visiting Burbank Studios and like you know that's low class having an untended litter box in the basement of course my solution to all this months and months ago was to potty train the cat to train the cat to use a human toilet but uh Vanessa put uh, the kibosh on that one because she thought it uh, violated the cat's essential feline dignity so I decided when I got up on Sunday morning this most recent Sunday that god damn it 
I was going to fix this once and for all. And so I went online and I found what I thought was uh, the most perfect solution to this problem uh, one could find, and that was a product known as the uh, Cat Genie. It's kind of it looks like a um, R2-D2. It's, it robotically removes the poop and the pee uh, from the uh, uh, litter box, and I thought all of our problems were solved. In fact, the infomercial actually says... Stop living with an open sewer, they say in the infomercial. So I was all excited about this. I went on Craigslist and found one, a used one, went and bought it and set it up. The problem has been the cat is terrified of going in the poop robot, as we now call it. Oh. Because it's 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 a weird looking thing and it's, it's scary. And uh, other people are saying the problem is that the granules are actually too clean. There needs to be a little bit of cat funk in there for the cat to recognize that it's there normal place well uh it had been like almost two days and the cat had not gone to the bathroom and we had moved its normal litter box out so this was the only place it could go we keep putting it in the robot it keeps jumping out so i went downstairs yesterday and found that um uh the cat had pooped on the basement floor where its litter box used to be aha but then i came up with what i thought was a fairly brilliant idea which was to take that poop pick it up and put it into the cat litter box, the new litter robot, so that the cat would see it and think, did I do that? Trick it. Trick it into thinking it just got wasted. And they're like, (laughs) oh my God, did I get a roofie or something? Because, okay, well, I guess that's what I do now is I go in this thing. I thought I could reverse engineer it. Um, But I, I also realized that what I was now doing, instead of just having a litter box that you clean out in the traditional way, I am now carrying poop around the house, uh-huh. which is way worse than just dealing with the litter box. So this morning I went down there uh, to try to uh, see if uh, if she had in fact taken the bait, and uh, once again the cat had pooped where its litter box used to be, right on the hard cement. So uh, I once again picked up cat poop and carried it across the basement and put it in the litter box. So I guess the working solution will be the cat poops on the floor. I carry it over to the poop robot. Your cat is degrading you. That's what's happening. This is definitely like a a, a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner situation, right? (laughs) Like I I have become this sort of, you know, tragic figure who's who's just going to go down in flames. Just I'm just going to be walking around with like, you know, cat poop in my pocket all day. As a way of trying to reduce the level of cat poop in my life, I will end up at some point having cat poop around me all the time. Sounds like a Beckett novel. Yeah, right. Waiting for Pagoda. <laughs> uh, Waiting for to go. Hey! Waka waka. Okay, do you know what this thing is? No. I should look okay, at that, Okay, so it's, it's basically like a... Litter. I mean, it is a litter box, but as soon as the cat goes on, so it probably has motion detection, like... Uh oh, there's a cat on here. It's doing its business. Uh-huh. Then it, the cat goes away, and then it has like a vacuum like thing, and or more like a thing that they use at the baseball games, like that they drag to make the field look nice, you know? Uh huh. Uh-huh. The dirt. So it drags it across and cleans it, and it goes like back and forth until the the chunks are out of it. <laughs> but it makes a really loud noise. And sometimes it's in a, like a kennel-like thing, which cats don't like. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be in, like, in that confined space to do that. 
I mean, it's a good idea if your cat will take to it because then it's less. You should still make the litter fresh because it's not getting all of it. But um, it is a good, good idea if your cat will take it. On their website, it says the world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. Is there water involved in here? Do you have to have plumbing? I don't know about that one. I just know about the one that my sister has that her cat refuses to use. Maybe you have to get the one that's $305. I bet that's the one he got, right? Because he said he found it. He bought it used online. (laughs) He found it used. He found a fancy used litter box on Craigslist. This has to be it. That's disgusting. A cat is not going to go in there. But the little one in the picture looks so happy. Mm -hmm. They put some catnip in there to get that to go in there. One genie dome with sidewalls for cats who prefer total privacy. Send us an email if your cat uses one of these and send us a picture. Mm -hmm. Well, it has... Uh, five stars, 172 reviews. Ooh, wow. buy two for $290 each. Save Ooh. 5%. <laughs> Maybe we could get a couple of Wagoneers who need them could go in on it together. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't work, another thing. No, of course not. And because Pagoda is terrified of it. Mm-hmm. And also smart. Because they took away the old litter box and she just pooped where it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, that's the thing is if you're going to change the location for cats are highly trained. They do it fast, but you have to do it. Right. And him carrying around poop. As soon as it, it pooped where the old litter box was, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm out. The, done. This experiment is done. done. Or it must be the one with the, the plumbing. Because why wouldn't he have just put it next to? I, I don't know. Oh. Uh, this is a mess. Just use the litter box and clean it every day. Yep. Yep. A couple times a day. He did at least seem to be self-aware about this, that if he's gotten to the point where he's transferring poop around, that he's really lost this conflict. Yeah. yeah why? <laughs> I love that they call it the poop robot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then his his house is stinky like his house smells like a litter box because he doesn't take care of it right yep so the embarrassment of having a cat litter box smelling house is less than his desire to go clean it but now he's spent however much money he Mm. spent i mean he spent the 60 bucks on the litter quitter he spent question mark question mark dollars dollars (laughs) on the cat genie (laughs) And nothing. (laughs) Yep. Well, okay. Shall we go from a cat that's afraid of Luke to a dog that's afraid of Luke? Yes. This clip comes from September 14th, 2010. So just about three weeks after this cat genie debacle. When uh, Momo the dog joins the TBTL family. We went over there to do this podcast with them because they have a little setup at their house. And um, there were these two cute uh, dogs running around. Mm-hmm. One of them was named Ruby. And one of them uh, was at the time named Gulliver. Yes. And Gulliver had, as you guys, if you've been to TBTL.net, you've seen this dog now who we've retitled Momo. He had this little bandana on. He looked like either like a hipster who was going to start jerking. 
<laughs> like a black hipster who was going to start jerking. Yeah. Or that is a dance, by the way. Right. I just should clarify that's a dance. Uh, either that or he looks like a, like he's going to rob a train in the 1800s. Had the little bandana on around his neck and he was so cute. And we said, boy, this is a real cute little dog. And then they mentioned to us, oh, turns out that he's a rescue dog and we're fostering him. Mm-hmm. And I said, we got to get this dog to Van. But the thing that put it over the top for me was not just the cuteness of this little guy, Momo, um, but that he was saved from a hoarding situation, <laughs> which, as you guys know, me and my PWP shows, uh, when I when I you know, when I hear that this dog came out of a situation like that. So the deal that we, what we've heard is that the, this person had in their house 100 dogs and 200 cats when the uh, authorities moved in and removed the animals from the situation. I mean, it seemed, that seems like a lot. Does that seem like too many to you? You're not really by nature a dog person, but does that hundred dogs, 200 cats, does that seem, does that seem high to you? It's, it's probably 98 more than I would ever have. (laughs) Total. (laughs) Total in my life. Um, so yeah, they rescued this guy from this crazy hoarding situation and, uh, he ended up over at the, uh, at the Rosen Lame residence. Mm-hmm. Or the Lame Rosen residence. Just no way to work that name into a sentence and have it not do something do something to it. Uh, I know they're totally listening to this, if not right now, at some point in the future. So sorry about that, guys. Anyway, um, so then uh, this little guy made it over there, and we just thought, I well, I thought. Yeah, I don't think there was a we at that moment. Well, what was the point at which, because for the next couple of days, I kept saying, we could do this. We could totally get this guy. And you were on the fence and you were nervous. I think you were saying, we're going to do this. Well, that was That was your argument. We're going to do this. Um, Honestly, I think it's his backstory. It's like knowing that that this adorable creature needs a home with two loving people. And so I'm just a sucker. It's like like saying no to Ricky Schroeder in The Champ. (laughs) What kind of a heartless human being could do that? John Voight. (laughs) So I just, I couldn't do it. And it's like, I look at him and I see Ricky Schroeder. I swear to God, that's what happened. Okay, this is a really, really sad and sweet story, right? Mm -hmm. That they decided to take this poor, poor dog. Um, But Vanessa didn't really want a dog, right? That's pretty obvious from the way that she talks about it. It was... She's a cat person. Yep. She allowed herself to be convinced by Luke who was totally into the idea of getting the dog. I don't ever remember seeing a picture of Momo. Um was he black or white? White. Right. That's what I thought, but and had a super sweet face. But um he so adorable. he must have been a little like a like a little terrier thing, like a Westie mm-hmm. or Yeah, like a cute furry little face. I'm trying to find pictures. I just can't. They pulled all the the ones from my Northwest. Yeah, I went looking. I found the right post, but all the pictures have been scrubbed. So, so Luke was saying, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. How long do you suppose it took him to wear Vanessa down? Like two or three days, maybe? Oh. And then she just said, fine. Fine, he we'll is do cute. it. He does need a good home. I commend her for doing it. Probably just hearing the the terrible backstory and then Mm -hmm. 
seeing the cue. Any dog with like a little handkerchief, though, <laughs> come on. That's got to melt your heart. My sister-in-law puts a little bandana on their dog all the time. In oh fact, um, she and her sister and her parents all have really similar dogs, just little, uh, little like terrier mixes. And they'll put like color coordinated little bandanas on it. And there's part of me that wants to roll my eyes so hard. And there's the other part of me that's like, oh, that's cute. cute. Um, okay, there's not too much to talk about with this clip, but I did want to make sure to include it because it is the first time that they mention how Momo came to join the family. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they came up with the name Momo. I've been wondering that too. I mean, I I, I don't hate Gulliver. I didn't think that was a terrible yeah, name. Yeah, was so mm-hmm. cute. You could call it Gully. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would like to know if Momo is short for something or... Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next one. This is the three clips about how Momo is settling into his life at Burbank Studios. In the meantime, let me just paint the scene for you uh, here at Burbank Studios. As uh, all of you have probably heard over the last couple of days or read over at uh, tbtl.net, uh, we have picked up a, a new uh, Burrow Productions pet. Uh, known as uh, Momo. I'll say, I'll say, what's up, dog? And um, uh, this has been uh, fun, I guess. I guess you could call it fun. It's been challenging, as these things usually are. Momo was a, a hoarder dog. Not that he was hoarding things, but he was being hoarded. And uh, he was one of 100 dogs and I think 200 cats that were all kept in the same house. So he's a little bit of a nervous case. And uh, our cat, Pagoda... Well, she was just born born under a nervous sign. I don't know which one that is, which astrological phase that is, but whichever one makes you the most nervous, that was the one she was born under. So we've sort of got this situation where uh, both animals have to be in separate wings of the house, but they all, well, the dog anyway kind of wants to wander around. The cat doesn't want anything to do with the dog. The cat wants to stay in the basement. We feel like that's antisocial. Next thing you know, the uh, cat is, you know, just on chat roulette all day, making bad decisions involving older men and weird video conversations. It's like we don't want to lose contact with the cat. Uh, and so anyway, we've uh, just been basically Vanessa is uh, should be sainted for all of this. She has been just kind of like spending half her time upstairs trying to comfort the cat, half her time downstairs. The dog has this really incredible uh, ability um, to walk up the stairs, but then to completely misunderstand the concept of walking down the stairs. So Vanessa goes upstairs, the dog follows behind, which is very cute, and then gets stuck at the top of the stairs and then whimpers. And I keep thinking if we just leave him there for an hour, he'll just figure it out. I mean, he's been on stairs in his life. He understands the concept of ascension and descension as aided by gravity. I mean, that's like even if you're a dog that may or may not be um, developmentally disabled, uh, you have to get that concept. So I figure the dog will just come down eventually, but um, he doesn't. So then we carry him down the stairs. Our dog situation here uh, remains, uh, how do you say, uh, complicated um, because... uh, I'll say, say, what's up, dog? Because, you know, Momo, our... uh, our little uh, new friend here. He's uh, been really good the last four or five days 
about not peeing on this rug we have in the in the front room. For whatever reason, he just decided that that was the place he felt comfortable letting it go. So every morning I, I get up pretty early and then I have to like pick him up off the bed and take him downstairs. And if I move him from the bed to the outside and sometimes I'll just be honest with you, do a little bit of modeling, a little bit of demonstrating about what we do in the yard because it's six thirty in the morning and I also have to do that. So sometimes we will pee in the yard together. But anyway, he's pretty good if you get him out there right away. But this morning, he's figured out that this is the only time, by the way, I can pick this guy up. He usually runs away from me. But when he's on the bed, he's kind of dazed and confused. And so I can I can pick him up. I went to pick him up this morning and he uh, sort of cleverly avoided me and jumped off the bed. And then once he's on the ground, forget it. It's like um, I'm like I'm I'm like Nathan Lane in The Great Mouse Hunt. There's no um, <laughs> there's no catching him. There will just be a lot of me diving on the floor uh, and then getting hit in the face by paint cans. Actually, that's more uh, Joe Pesci in Home Alone, but whatever. The point is, is, dog's impossible to catch. And I also think it probably traumatizes him when I do that. So I said to Vanessa, hey, can you please take the dog outside? Because he's not afraid of her. And um, she said, okay. So she apparently brought him downstairs. She let him outside, but then she went to do some other stuff in the in the kitchen, and she left the side door open. And what he did was he went outside for a minute or two, then he ran back inside went on the rug, peed on the rug, and then ran back outside. It's like he made a special trip indoors to pee and then went back outside. It wasn't like he was like, I don't like it outside. I must come inside. It was just like he said, I'd much rather pee on the rug that you steam cleaned with a rug doctor mm-hmm. on Saturday that I rented from the QFC. Oh. So um, uh, today we are going to get him a proper crate. And uh, we are going to begin the process. Not made of fabric. Yeah, you're not going to go do a precisely. silk one this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have one made of fruit roll-ups. Uh, yeah, and I called the people at uh, at at Petco because I was like, "Is that grounds for returning a, a pet uh, containment device?" The fact that on the very first three minutes the pet was supposed to be contained in there, they chewed through it. Um, and they, in fact, said, oh, yeah, that is completely grounds for bringing it back. We'll trade you for oh. a, a more sturdy one. So it al- also we didn't have the receipt, so we weren't going to get cash either way. So we'll just trade it in for something. <clears throat> but um, but uh, he's a sweet guy. I just think we've got to get him get him on a schedule and uh, get him get him sort of, you know, I, I, I this is good for me, though. This is like I'm learning about being a much more patient person than I generally am. I am usually kind of a hothead and and not good at, uh, as Vanessa says, empathizing with people or not being a jerk. I think those <laughs> are two ways she describes it. And so uh, I'm uh, I'm working on that. And this has been a really good exercise for that. And he's also a sweetheart. And that yeah. bandana is as cute as ever. Aww. So um, that's the uh, that's the story with uh, with that little guy. Wish we could laminate this entire house with uh that Momo dog. You know, yesterday on the show I said we're going to have to get one of those things like a construction site where it says like, you know, 74 days without an on-the-job injury. We're going to have one that says like 74 days without an in-the-house urination. Yeah, how long has it been? Well, it had been. We were. I was ready to flip the card over to two. <laughs> then I noticed that uh, he had decided to... Uh, he now thinks in the front room we have this big carpet circle and there's a table on it and I think he thinks that he needs to let any other dogs know that those legs of that table, that's his territory. Mm -hmm. 
Nobody else can come around because that seems to be what he's marking a well, lot. And the more he urinates on that carpet, you know, the stronger the odor. And well, the thing is, get. it doesn't really. We I, I rented like from the QFC one of those uh, like rug doctors last week. We we spray everything down. We're going crazy with all of the. Uh, addressing the situation mm-hmm. stuff, but it's just um, I, one of the things I've been doing. I've been talking about this a lot. Uh, is I've been peeing in the backyard, trying to like do modeling for the dog, to show him where he should do his thing. And a couple of things happen with that. One is apparently my urine is mostly pure grain alcohol because it is devastating the grass. <laughs> there are these yellowish circles where I've been urinating, which, by the way, is probably a reason to see a doctor if your pee literally kills the grass. Right. Um, the other thing is um, one of the listeners, um, Matt, in Denver, emailed me and said he thinks that when I pee, it, it makes Momo think that I'm the dominant dog in the house. And so what it actually makes Momo less inclined to go to the bathroom because he doesn't want to be seen as challenging me. Right. Is that because you're way, you're taller than him? Maybe you should get down on your hands and knees and start pissing like a dog? Yeah, that's, um, that's one of the things that I considered. Until I uh, pictured it in my mind. And then I immediately <laughs> ask yourself this, Sean, what you just said, is that creating powerful radio? That's creating a visual. Hmm. You're right. That's very, very powerful, actually. Yeah. You, you know me. what? You allowed humor to happen. Thank you. When you said that. Thanks. So, uh, we, um, I'll say, I'll say, what's up, dog? Um, I don't know what, I don't know what, what we're going to do with this guy. He's a sweetheart, but man, oh man. Okay. So I, I want to say that, of course, Momo has issues. If, okay, so he was rescued from a house that was a hoarder house. It's already bad. The rumor is that there was, what, 200 cats and 100 dogs. Mm-hmm. Even if half of that is true, even if a third of it, that's way too many animals per yeah. house. Yeah. So I am sure that... This dog never went outside to go to the bathroom. It either had full rain where the doors were always open and it just wandered around mm-hmm. or it was always locked in the house and just mm. went free rain to go to the bathroom anywhere. Didn't learn any of the basic things that you learn. And right. if there was that many dogs, I bet that it was born into that situation, mm-hmm. which is really sad because then you don't you don't have the basis that you learn from like your, your little, your family at first, right? Because your mom teaches you how to do things. And, and if it's just like this terrible house of horrors, um, they don't learn anything. Yeah. So I don't know what Luke was expecting. I mean, he, he seems to, he's always saying what a cute little guy he is, what a nice little guy he is, but he's, he's obviously has some frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's already has a completely neurotic cat that doesn't like mm-hmm. him. And right. now he has this dog who's freaked out about everything to, to the point where the cat and the dog have to be separated, which is fine. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of room in that house, right? Yeah. But I... It can't possibly work that Luke is modeling proper peeing behavior, right? The dog's not smart enough to understand that. I don't believe that that's a thing. People can write in and tell me if that's a thing, but I don't believe that's true. No, I I don't think from everything that Luke says, 
he just doesn't seem smart enough that he would be able to make those connections that Luke is peeing in the yard, which means that yeah. Momo should also pee in the yard. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that's true. We do get um we do get an email from Mr. Matt Baca weighing in that he thinks that the dog thinks that Luke is the alpha dog and now won't pee where he's peeing. That makes sense. <laughs> and as Luke says, very upsettingly, he's killing the grass with his urine. <laughs> so that gives a very good uh, representation of exactly where Momo's not allowed to pee if he couldn't figure right. it out before. <laughs> I mean, that's worrying. Yeah, I mean, it's just as likely that he's modeling the behavior as that dog thinks Luke is the alpha. So yeah. Those two things have to go together. I mean, how much of it is really Luke, quote unquote, modeling proper behavior? And how much of it is Luke just wanting to pee in the backyard at 630 a.m.? 100%. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now this is, we're starting to establish this pattern here where um, it's clear that that Vanessa is Momo's person. Mm-hmm. Right. right. I, I kind of wondered after they broke up why Vanessa took the dog, because it's from listening to the previous clip, it's clear that Luke was the driving factor in getting him. And right. as you said, Vanessa is a cat person, not a dog person. So mm-hmm. why would she take the dog when they split up? But given these kind of behavior patterns and clearly how scared of Luke Momo is, I start to understand it a lot better. Yes. God bless Vanessa. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That dog would have had a miserable life if it stayed with Luke. I mean, right. if he did took it for in some intensive training and maybe even got it on some uh, doggy Prozac, maybe it would be okay mm-hmm. eventually. But I think it's really a case of Momo not being the right dog for Luke or Luke not being yeah. the right owner for Momo, the way that Luke talks about Rudy now, you can see what kind of dog he really wanted and Mm -hmm. really needed. Yeah. He just adores that dog. He needed a big Mm -hmm. floppy lab that was just friendly and unconditionally. (laughs) Yep. A nut puncher, apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this sweet little fragile scared guy was just not, not really a good match for and rescuing dog dogs is really great and it's and people should do it but you have to put in the time and the energy and you're not going to get a dog that doesn't have issues no matter what it is it could have Mm -hmm. health issues it could be scared like there's going to be a ton of issues that that dog has and you have to put the time and energy into getting it trained or getting taking it to the vet to figure it out and Luke just can't do that. Mm-hmm. My my brother and sister-in-law, their their dog, the one who wears the bandana, Archie, they got him from a terrier rescue place and he'd been a street dog. And he sounds Aww. like he has some of the same issues that Momo had. He's very skittish and very nervous. And I talked to my brother. They'd probably had him for like six weeks. And honestly, he was a little bit disappointed because he had these visions of getting this little dog who would trot Mm. around and wave his little tail and be happy. And he instead got this very kind of wary dog who Mm. 
was very concerned about making sure that it knew what was going on at all times. He's very sweet, I have to say. They they do love him a lot, but um, he takes a little bit of careful handling. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think Luke's expectations were probably along those same lines. They just didn't quite match up with the reality. Yeah. But I did laugh when he described how Vanessa took Momo outside and then Momo ran back inside and peed on the rug and then went outside again. (laughs) I can't believe that it took him that long to decide to crate train. I know. Well, there was, you know, some talk in there that um, signaled back to an earlier discussion, which I didn't find Mm. uh, when I was looking for it, about how they had gotten some sort of container that he shredded immediately. Oh, yeah. He definitely was working through some anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So, but if they got him some sort of container that was made of fabric, then um, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not going to work. Um, I mean, Luke's always willing to try, but he doesn't have a lot of staying power, you know, in his yeah. schemes. This is why you don't just buy a dog when you see it right away. You can't yep. be on vacation and fall in love with the cutest thing you've ever seen if you hadn't planned on having a dog and having a rescue and have it anything in its life. Even when I got Brody, I was, I saw it online and I was like, okay. And I went and got it, gave the people the money. And then I didn't have dog food. I didn't know how to take care of a puppy. I like took it to the pet store and said, help me. Mm-hmm. And then the people had lied and it wasn't, so he was too young to be away from his mom. So I had to Aww. bottle feed it him for two weeks. Wow. He just cried the entire time. <laughs> so I shouldn't have gotten a dog at that point. <laughs> but you did a good job. I did. It took a while. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on a little bit further in the saga of Luke and Momo. Uh, these are two clips that I put together, which are just from successive days, February 8th and 9th of 2011. So they've had him for about five or six months at this point. And um, Luke and Momo are still having somewhat of a difficult time. Uh, things are going better with Pagoda, as we'll find out. But uh, Luke is sharing exactly how things are going between him and the dog. Well, I've had an adventurous day so far. Uh, I had all these meetings at the station, and so I had to really, like, race home because poor Momo had been in his kennel for, like, hours and hours and hours, maybe, like, I don't know, five or six hours. They say you can leave them in there for eight hours, but I think that's really pushing it. Um, Although, to be honest with you, all he does when we're here together is he just lays on the bed depressed, so he could be laying in his crate depressed. You know what right. I mean? It, but it's it's at his age, his bladder is probably still developing. Well, that's why. I mean, I take him out in the morning before I go to work. I make sure he's gone to the bathroom. And then I put him in the crate. And then usually I'm home by noon. Usually he's only in there for like four hours. But today I had all these meetings. And so I raced home. I let him out of the crate. And he seemed very excited. And he immediately went outside and walked down those crazy steps in the front of our house. Yeah. And went down across the street and just sat in our neighbor's yard and just looked at me like you asshole <laughs> and so he basically ran away from home yes it's exactly right it was hilarious because he had a little like a red handkerchief which he tied to a, a, a stick and he <laughs> put it over his shoulders and he 
to walk down to the railroad tracks. Yeah, he ran away from home and was just sitting in the yard looking at me. Like, And the problem is... Th- we don't really know any of our neighbors that well, but these neighbors in particular, we've like never spoken to. So he was just hanging out in their yard and like I would go down there and every time I took a step down the stairs, he would take a step further away from me. So it kind of reminds me when my sister and I figured out that our neighbors had sugar cereal. <laughs> and <laughs> we used to think we could just go to their house. Right. Well, he's uh, pretty. Uh, he's he's pretty unhappy uh, with me, um, which is you know, which is nothing new, I guess. I was really expecting. I'll say, I'll say what's up, though. That uh, at some point, with Vanessa gone for a month, the wall would come down between us. But so far, uh, no dice on that one. On the other hand, I think the cat wants to have sex with me. <laughs> right now, I swear to you, I do kind of wish we were webcasting today because I could turn the camera over to. What's happening here in Burbank Studios debacle, which is the cat is lying on the rug in a sunbeam, completely and totally splaying her legs. She's on her back, and she looks about as happy as she could be. She is also very, very needy now. So every time I'm sitting here, she comes, she tries to get on my lap. Anytime I'm watching TV, it's like I'm number one with Pagoda. It's And ironically, because Momo's the problem child, he's the one I'm desperately trying to win his right. affection and love. Right, because it sounds to me like you and Pagoda have developed true trust. I guess so. That's I good. guess so. But yeah, Momo is still in this uh, sort of thing where he just basically lays on our bed all day long. About every three hours, I get him, I take him outside, I and he goes, he pees, does his thing, comes back in, right back up to the old uh, bed. So... It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do if Bonnie Raitt taught us nothing. You can't make him love you. <laughs> That's you the whole problem. I've been thinking about Cesar Milan, and I haven't been turning to the wisdom of Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> well, we have some very exciting news here uh, in uh, Burbank Studios, and uh, that is that they're working on the house. Okay, that's not exciting news, uh, but they're putting some carpet in, and it's this crew of like three or four dudes. And they're nice. They're very. They couldn't be nicer guys. But they're they're wielding hammers and they're bashing uh, carpet underneath stair parts. You can tell that I have done a lot of work with carpeting. That's why I know terms like stair parts. And um, they're making a lot of racket. It's so much lingo. We don't. We can't even. Follow I know. You. I know. I just throw around the terms of art when it comes to <laughs> empire. Eight hundred six eight eight six three hundred. That's seriously where the guys are from. And can I just say, oh, I, I, I don't receive anything for this. They're totally great. I kind of love them. But what's happened? They're ads advertised. They really are. Although I wanted it to be that old guy who puts the carpet in just by like mm-hmm. he brings one big rug and then he kind of shakes it out and then all the furniture kind of jumps up in the air. Um, yep. I was disappointed to see that it was real humans who have to come and do this, but. So what happened uh, is that Momo, the dog, right, uh, who is terrified of me, is actually more terrified of the carpet installers because they're making all this noise and they, uh, you know, are strangers. So, you know, last week I was trying what I what I called my aggressive love therapy. Yes. Which is where I was. Yes, you were making him love you. Yeah, I thought during the show, and as you pointed out yesterday, I was overlooking the advice of Bonnie Raitt. When I did that, but I thought I could just hold him on my lap during the entire show, and then he would just at some point give in. Um, and that didn't work, but there is a new sheriff in town, and it's called the somehow more terrified strategy. 
because <laughs> Momo has been hanging out down here in Burbank Studios de Bajo with me, which he never does, because he's so afraid of the guys who are upstairs. And in fact, he's been following me around. Anywhere I go in the house, he just stays right with me and uh, is just completely and totally my little buddy, my little white shadow. And then he was down here in the basement, um, hanging out kind of by himself while I was upstairs signing some paperwork. And I came downstairs and he was wagging his tail. He did a play bow. Do you know what a play bow is? No. That's, I'm sure Knightley does it too. It's where they kind of put their forearms and their entire like front, you know, I guess what arms, whatever you call their extremities. Uh, Cause it's not just paws, right? Cause a paw is just the, where the, kind of, the hand part is. What do you call that? Leg? You mean downward dog? Downward dog, right, yeah. but, but an actual dog doing it. And you know, in animal behaviorism, that's called a play bow, and that's a way that animals indicate to each other, I'm not threatening you, I'm just playing around. Oh. And so oh. Momo totally did a play bow, and so then I got down on the floor, and then we just were running around the basement, and he was like, he was like, uh, you know, chasing me and playing and wagging his tail and, and like kind of like pushing himself up against my hands and licking my face and my head. Which was oh my god! I mean, it actually happened. It was the same mouth that he was right before that licking his own genitals with. But <laughs> I'm not gonna get hung up on that right now. We no, had a, we had a major breakthrough, a major breakthrough. Me and this dog. Now, I'm gonna try to not get my hopes up too high because one of the things I've learned about him is he is apparently the dog from Memento. He has no memory. <laughs> He cannot create short and medium-term memories, so probably as soon as the carpet... And those carpet guys are probably going to move on. Yeah. I asked them if they wanted to bunk with me while Vanessa's gone, but they thought, I, they, I think they thought that it was kind of going in a sex direction, and they just said, no thanks. Um, <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 it's just so my dog will love me. Yeah, that's all. It's just so I can make out with my dog who likes to lick his own <laughs> wiener. Nothing weird. <laughs> So, anyway, I don't know if it's going to last, but I can tell you that Momo and I, and this was, I have to say, as I had really started to give up hope, Momo and I just had our most, like, dog owner fun interaction that we've uh, that we've ever had. I'm kind of peering around the uh, room here. Oh, yeah, there he is. He's just hanging out on the other side of the table. Let's see if he'll come over here. Momo. Okay, we're not that, we're not that far in the relationship yet. He's still just sitting there. Looking like Falcor the Luck Dragon. But still, as long as there's someone more terrifying around, I move up to number one. It also makes me realize that that's what's always been going on with Vanessa. He's, I am the carpet, I'm the Mexican carpet installer <laughs> whenever I'm around. And, and that just, that, that, that makes Vanessa a very, very popular option. Yeah. So I'm still oh, very that's excited. that's great news. He's going to be so excited. I um <clears throat> I am hoping that it uh, I'm hoping that it lasts. Uh, I love Momo in this first clip about how he <laughs> ran away from home. <laughs> yes, <laughs> how he goes down and sits in the neighbor's yard, and every time Luke makes a move towards him, he backs up a little bit. Like no, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really enjoyed the way that Luke described it. He's looking at him like you asshole. Right, we're leaving him in his crate that long. Well. Luke was probably embarrassed because the neighbors are probably looking out at him like, what's this guy doing in our yard? Uh-huh. And this this clip made me wonder, 
if Momo was either abused by a man, like the hoarder was a man, or mm-hmm. had never been around one. Right. Because that, I know that's a thing with dogs that, like, men's voices are loud and deep. And sometimes that's startling um, to them. And because that could be the reason why he's, that he's always running from him. Also, if people wear hats. Because there's... <laughs> so, I learned this when I took Brody into the trainer. Like, a baseball hat looks like it's a giant, like, bill almost. Like a... Mm-hmm. So oh. it looks like... Because they can't distinguish color that well. So it's it looks like a head with a giant bill like it's going to attack them. Like mm-hmm. an animal almost. Interesting. Um, I don't know how much of that is real. How much is science and how much is just, you know, hearsay or whatever. But um, I can just imagine that he was abused by a man or something. And, and Luke probably saying, Momo, get over here. Um, chasing him is just going to make it worse. Right. Or what was he talking about? Uh, his aggressive, aggressive love, aggressive affection, whatever he was saying, where he <laughs> holds Momo against his will on his lap <laughs> until yeah. he stops freaking wrong? out. Yeah, that that's not going <laughs> to. No. I mean, I really think that Jen had the line of this whole clip by saying it's like Bonnie Raitt. You can't, you can't make him love you. You can't. <laughs> Just can't do but, it. I mean, I think you might be on to something about the men because he's scared of Luke and you could think it could be Luke particularly that he's scared of until we get the story about the Mexican carpet installers. Right. <laughs> I love that he says, I'm the Mexican carpet installer when Vanessa's here. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> I don't like it that he sang the Empire Carpet jingle perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Although was that the right is that the right number cuz we have a slightly different number here. It was close. Um cuz he said it was um 688 something six, something. 688. Eight, eight. Ours Empire. is uh 588 to 300. Empire today. Yep. Let's yep, see. I can do it too, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but your voice is much better. <laughs> doubt it phone number because now it's like all mixed up in my head right and now i'm kind of have cars for kids in my head too well but on the plus side of all of this pagoda is down with luke at this point yes so that's great ours is five eight eight two three hundred yeah that's mine oh so luke had it messed it up yep (laughs) i like that he said he wished it was the old guy that jumps up and all the carpets and stuff. Yeah, shakes the carpet and all the furniture flies up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That'd be amazing. Now, did it, did it freak you out? Because it used to be just like a 2D cartoon and then they switched to one of those 3D. Oh, it's super creepy. It is. It's his mustache looks really weird in mm-hmm. 3D. <laughs> Do you know what the worst cartoon they did that to? And we're uh, on a TBTL-like tangent. Uh-huh. When they made the newest Peanuts cartoon. Oh, what? Look, no, no, you can't. You can't make Peanuts CGI. It's so creepy. And I love Peanuts. They're one of my favorite. Um, But it. Oh, please look it up. It's so it's the most recent. Oh, I, no. <laughs> they're even their hair is kind of creepy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's not good. 
I don't like Charlie Brown's little head curl thing. It looks yeah. weird. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. They look like they're going to murder you in your sleep. Um. Okay, so what's the final word here on Momo? Luke is trying so hard. And it's clear that he's just not going to be able to really make a... I mean, the Mexican carpet installer breakthrough notwithstanding... I don't think that lasted, right? I don't remember. No. I think... Do you think Momo was negging him? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Give him just a little bit. I'm going to play bow to you today and then pee on your bed tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. No. No. <laughs> I wonder if he... Because Luke said that he just lies on the bed every day all depressed and sad is that just because mm -hmm. finesse is gone or does he do that all the time i don't know i'd really like to know how momo is doing i really would i agree the effect of, of listening to these clips made me want an update i'm not quite sure how we would make that happen no i think that's it's a little bit out of the uh world of tbtl at this yes, point for sure but we hope momo's doing great maybe mm -hmm. got on some doggy prozac and got some training and is living his best life and he's you know reached an age by this point he should still be alive but he's mm -hmm. he's probably mellowed out some hopefully um i think that you know from his beginnings he probably he ended up in a good place He's got a nice lady who loves him and takes care of him, even if she isn't a dog person. Right. <laughs> well, should we go on to some housekeeping then? Sure. Check out the merch in the merch store. It's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially the big hit right now are the middle-aged momish tens. Mm -hmm. Those are flying off like hotcakes. Is that the saying that they say? They're really awesome. Um, I got one. The 15 ounces really cool it's a big size i really like it um, i like big mugs and also yeah um if you'd like to archive let me know shows like this are only possible with the help of the archivists and go to our amazon link which is littleredbandwagon.com slash amazon and buy some stuff possibly the litter quitter spelled with a k <laughs> maybe who knows it's only 49 something or other. Yeah, now. it's a sale. It's, it's a good deal. Get the cat genie, the one that's $305. Yeah. And then Please. let us know how it works. <laughs> if it works. Yes. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, you can visit our website, littleredbandwagon.com. You can send your comments to throwyourphone.com if you feel like throwing your phone or if you feel like hugging your phone about TBTL, about LRB about our personal pet choices eh, maybe no. not so much that <laughs> um you can hang out with us on our facebook page the show twitter is at lrb podcast you could email us if you have a little bit longer message at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and you can leave us a voicemail or text us at 802-432-tbtl it's 802-432-8285 okay christy Number one pet show in the books. <laughs> There's more coming down the pipe. There's more coming. 
And so, uh, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Pagoda and Momo. And Jen. And Mr. Mike. Nailed it.